Hey, everyone. We are in conversation with Megan Witherspoon. Megan serves as the Vice President of Communications for Altria. In this role, she's leading communications and engagement strategies across multiple audiences on behalf of the Altria family of companies. She spent 17 years uh, at Altria. She's had a range of different roles, which is what I love to talk to her about, both her past and her views on the world today. She's done corporate responsibility, community relations, strategy and business development, investor relations, marketing, and of course now corporate comms. Megan, welcome to In Conversation with um, We've never met before, as it turns out. So this is our first live face-to-face-ish uh, conversation. <laughs> and, and some people are like, well, why would you do that, Dan? Well, I love meeting people who uh, argue are with it. And when I say with it, I met you on LinkedIn because somehow, uh, without really being connected, your posts were bubbling up in my algorithm. And I suppose LinkedIn and my algorithm say, hey, Dan, you must meet nice people whom are with it. And again, when I say with it, I come at it from the bent of leadership, culture, purpose, engagement, thinking about humanity, thinking about our people. So with that uh, waxing lyrical, elegant introduction, here's, here's, here's my first question for you. Again, us being for the first time ever live. What, what's your take on where we are from a societal perspective on corporate culture. Like, what do you see? It doesn't have to be Altria, by the way. I'm just saying, like, what's your sense of here we are, uh, hopefully entering into a post-pandemic era, like knock on wood as I hit my head. But what do you see uh, what's going right, perhaps? And maybe if there's any concerns, we'll start there and then see where our conversation goes. Sure. Um, you know, we're definitely in an interesting place. I think that... Um, the kind of corporate culture um, and sort of the employee mindset has obviously dramatically changed over the last couple of years, driven in large part by COVID, but also by some of the other kind of things going on in society. Um, and I think that we're at sort of this pivotal moment, right, where we haven't kind of gone back to normal because I don't think there is such a thing. Um, but, you know, various parts of the world and, and certain industries and certain companies are, are sort of trying to resume in a way that looks like what we used to have. And then there are many others who are who are trying different approaches, whether it's kind of full remote work or hybrid work or what have you. And so we're in this sort of divergent moment <laughs> where it will be really interesting to watch what happens over the coming years, because you know, employees are getting much more vocal, I think, about what they want and need um, from their employer and from their work. Um, and I think many companies have really embraced that and, and expectations of leadership have evolved quite a lot in, in the last couple of years where I think people expect leaders to be, you know, human beings and empathetic and, and, um, and think about more than just you know, the job to be done. And um, so all of that, I, I just, there's so much going on there. It's kind of hard to, it's hard to say exactly where all of it will lead. Um, and I think a lot of different companies and industries are going to try different things. And then they're going to hear from employees how they feel about those things. And they're going to see what impact it might have on their um, employee base. And, and then, you know, I imagine there will be some period of time when a lot of different companies try a lot of different things. There's like this divergence and then you're going to kind of see a little bit more of a convergence at some point around what seems to be working. Um, 
we're in sort of an experimental phase, I think. Nobody knows what they're doing. Like everybody is trying to figure this out at the same time. Um, it's really interesting to watch. Are there, uh, I agree, are there certain uh, pillars or disciplines or you know, um, must-haves that you see today in retrospect that an organization ought to be ensuring is part of its culture for employees not to jump ship, for employees to feel more inclusive, et cetera. Like what, what do you sort of recommend, I suppose, right, on the X number of disciplines or, or pillars that really have to be table stakes for that organization to evolve, as you've alluded to? Yeah. Um, well, you know, that's a good question. I think obviously flexibility is huge. Right. Uh, I think employees have, you know, many people have been working fully remote now for two years um, and have really embraced um, sort of a different approach to work and life and how those two things come together and when and where those two things come together. Um, and I think that the, I think it's going to be really challenging to try to take that away from people um, because you know new habits have formed, expectations have evolved, people have learned better ways of getting their work done in a way that is more fulfilling to them personally and professionally. And I think it's hard to go back on that. So I think flexibility is one. And I'm recognizing that that looks different for different people, that looks different for different industries and types of jobs um, but whatever that means, <laughs> it's, it's gotta be a focus. Um, because I think that's just a, a sort of a bit of a non-negotiable at this point. Um, you know, I think that people kind of want to see more humanity in the workplace. And as I said, I think, you know, expectations of leadership have, have evolved and, um, you know, they want, employees want to be viewed as, the top or a top stakeholder for a company, not sort of fifth or sixth on the list behind the shareholder and the, you know, politicians and the regulators and everybody else. Um, so I think really kind of rethinking the, the stature of the employee base and kind of how we design work in a way that um, they can be most productive and fulfilled at the same time um, is going to be pretty important. So we're going to, I think, right, to dovetail off of those two really uh, awesome answers between flexibility and humanity, if you will, or humane-based leadership, it, it, it reasons to stand perhaps, and maybe this is an unfair question, but would, do we have a job to do as leaders in the organization to retrain or uh, augment what leadership means in the organization? Yeah, I mean, it's something that... Um that we have talked about even within our own company, which is, you know, I think years ago, it used to be enough for a leader to just manage work and to deliver uh, solid business results. And that was sort of what the, the leader or the manager was supposed to do. And I think that now that is sort of bare minimum um, expectation. And, and now, you know, leaders have to be, um, you know, they have to be conscious of, you know, issues around diversity and inclusion and equity. And we have to help develop people. We have to recognize that people want a sense of purpose in their work and find ways to connect what they're doing to that sense of purpose. 
Um, there, there's just, you know, we're helping them through, you know, huge societal trauma. Um, and we have to kind of be there for people in a way that we never did before. I mean, we've talked more about, you know, racial issues and mental health and things like that than you, you would never have talked about these topics probably even five years ago um, in the workplace. And so it is tough because not all leaders kind of are equipped to do all of that or feel like they know the right approach to that. They're worried about saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing, or in some cases, taking on a lot of weight themselves in trying to help employees through really tough times. And maybe there are things that they need in order to be equipped to do that and support that they need as well. Um, so yeah, I think that I think it's something we need to keep keep working on. Love it. I completely agree. And so you've brought up a couple terms here that I want to recant and make sure that we don't lose because they're important. And it's particularly when you're a vice president, a senior leader in an organization, we need more of you, quite frankly, Megan, to be saying these things. So for example. You know, you were talking about stakeholders and that employees can't be sixth or seventh on the list of importance and, and you know, alluding to, uh, you know, the shareholders or the profit takers as being number one, whereas I would argue that that's an outcome of a healthy culture when you do put employees and customers first, the outcome are, you know, profit return, shareholder return, et cetera. You also... Uh, alluded to the purpose. Uh, the purpose of a company is to be uh, delivering on its purpose. So, when it, it, my my view, but there's a question here, obviously, is that when we do reset the or the senior leaders reset who they're in business for, and it's not for just the shareholder or the politician, as you also mentioned, that we are in business to serve society through uh, the engagement of our employees to serve the customer. That's point one. But then it's uh, rightly, rightfully, as you say, a sense of purpose that we've got to be enacting on behalf of the organization. And maybe even, this is the question, do you agree with the leaders helping the employees see both why we're in business, i.e. you know, a higher purpose, if you will, but do you think leaders also have a almost a fiduciary responsibility, if not a humanity responsibility to help employees see and fulfill and develop their own sense of purpose? Hmm. Well, that's an excellent question. Um, I don't know if I have an answer to that. I certainly think that um, a company needs to be clear about a, you know, its vision and where it's trying to go and, and, and why. Um, and every employee needs to understand that and feel like they're a part of that. Um, and then I think that it is you know, important for leaders to understand what drives and motivates and what is in the hearts of the people that work for them and with them um, and find ways to harness that for the good of the company and find ways to make sure that the employee feels like the work they're doing on a daily basis is accruing to that as well. I just think that's gonna make the work product much stronger and it's going to make the employee a much happier, more fulfilled and more motivated employee. Um, so I think that's, you know, I think at the minimum, I think that that is kind of a necessity. 
Love it. I completely concur. Thank you. Now, I wanted to also ask you, given, you know, before the pandemic, uh, we were all going into the office. Well, many of us, that was where the work was done. The pandemic hit. We all, well, again, sort of our uh, knowledge worker, white collar roles went home to do the work where we could. And now we're entering into hopefully a post-pandemic world, as you mentioned, where hopefully it's a bit hybrid uh, in nature. What does the office mean to you now? How does the office need to change? How does the physicality of where we work, if we do go into the office, have to augment or evolve? Yeah, I, you know, that's one of those questions that everybody is asking and everybody is, is trying different things. And, and I think we'll see kind of where it goes. In my personal view, um, you know, it used to be that you know, work was both a thing you do and a place you go. It was like the term that constituted both. Um, and I think that we have successfully kind of divorced those two ideas to say that work is, is what you do, but it can be done, you know, in different places at different times and in different ways. And it doesn't have to look like it used to look um, when we came into a physical office and sat at a desk for eight or nine hours a day straight. Um, and, you know, I think that the office is a tool. It is one of a number of tools um, that can be used to get work done, but it's not the right tool for every kind of work um, and for every person, you know? So if I'm going to do focused work where I'm heads down reading or writing or responding to emails, being in the office is not the place for me because there's a lot of distractions I'm sitting behind a closed door that sends a certain message. Um, and frankly, I don't need to be in that room to get that work done. I can much e more easily do it at home. Um, and I have a lot more hours in the day when I'm at home. Um, if I want to get together and do some team building and some collaborative work or, you know, connect personally with someone in a, in a deeper way, then yeah, I might want to go to the office to do those activities, but I don't need to do those things all day, every day either. So I think it's a fit for purpose kind of thing. Um, it should be used when it's needed and when it augments the work and when it doesn't, I can just as easily work elsewhere. Well, you're an enlightened leader, uh, I would yeah. argue. So you've already made that mental, emotional, social, pro-social switch. You probably were doing that anyway prior to a pandemic, just your thinking. So what, what do we, how do we help leaders, I suppose, our peers reach that conclusion as well? Why I'm asking that question is, um, this is not an Altria uh, question. This is a societal one, right, right across all organizations. I still find there are far too many leaders who believe that they can talk the game of hybrid or flex work and sort of, quote, allow, you know, their team members to be in this model where sometimes from home, sometimes the office. But if they themselves are going to go into the office 100 percent of the time, the tone that they're setting is that, well, all the meetings need to be in the office. It really is kind of a face to face culture. Get your butts back in here into the office. So. What do you see? Not that again, it's not, uh, I'm not suggesting this is Altria. What I'm suggesting is it's a question that I think all leaders need to be thinking of themselves. So, what advice do you give, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Leadership modeling is really important. And the behaviors that the topmost people in the organization display are going to send a really clear message around expectation, and other people modify their behavior accordingly. So, um, it is it is something that if if a leader is truly a believer in flexibility, 
and you know remote work, they need to adopt that at least to some extent themselves as well. Um, and be really conscious about not creating those inequities where people who people feel like they have to be physically present in the office in order to get FaceTime and opportunity and the whole proximity bias issue. Um, so yeah, my advice is even if a leader naturally personally prefers to be in the office all day, every day, because that's kind of how they grew up in the organization and that's their preferred work style, my advice would be not to do that anyway, um, because it will it will send a clear message to folks that that's an expectation. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, just a couple more. We've got some time here. So one is looking ahead or even today, but today to looking ahead. Do you think we are in the great resignation? Do you think that perhaps actually we're in more of a great contemplation? And between those two answers uh, or ideas and then answer in between, are we potentially entering into the age of the employee based on some of your comments earlier? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's a great question. Uh, there's a lot of different terms being applied to the current moment. Re great resignation, the great reset, the, you know, <laughs> lots of greats. Yeah. Um, and some of it's great and some of it's probably not so great, depending on <laughs> who you are and where you sit. Yeah. Um, we are definitely going through a moment of, of, of change and employees feel uh, increasingly empowered, I think, to vote with their feet, so to speak. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it, employees kind of feel like if, if they're not getting what they need from their current employer, there are other options out there that will better meet their needs. And they're willing to take a risk on that because they've just had a complete mental and emotional reset um, over the last couple of years around like what really matters to them and what's important and what is it worth to do this job and what is a paycheck really buying you um, versus you know how you define success in your life. And I think some people are willing to give up some of the pay to have better balance and, and more fulfillment in their work. Um, they know that there are companies out there who are a little more forward thinking and that they don't have to stay where they are with their current employer if, if they're not offering that. So um, it will be interesting. I know that there's a lot of speculation that it'll kind of come back um, and we'll see, you know, you're seeing um, certainly some businesses who are, trying to take a hard line with like full return to office and things like that are facing some significant backlash and challenges and are dealing with some employee departures. Um, and so it will be interesting to see how they choose to respond to that and, and how it plays out over time. Lovely, thank you. Uh, and one final one here, if you don't mind, on, the, on a personal side. So uh, you're a parent, you're a mom, I'm a dad. Uh, and there's lots of up and coming leaders who want to be better leaders. There's lots of people who aren't leaders who want to be better parents. And what I mean by that is we, we all collect a paycheck. We all got to, as you say, you know, you go to the work or at least you do the work, whether that's physical or you're going you know, to see your home office or what have you. What, what's your strategies ultimately to be a great mom, a great parent and to still be an executive in an organization. Like it's not a balance question. Uh, it's a question of how do you prioritize, integrate and, and still stay sane given, <laughs> you know, middle schoolers, et cetera. 
Yeah, I mean, geez, uh, some days I don't know that I am staying sane, but I try. Um, and I do try to be a great parent and a great employee at the same time. And sometimes that that seems like it's working and other times it doesn't. But, um, you know, it's one of those things. Everybody's got their own different approach. I will say being able to work remotely has been truly game changing um, for me because I look back at how I had to manage my time and my day pre pandemic. And I don't know how or why I did that. (laughs) I mean, I knew at the time that I was, that this was like not the best. Um, but looking back on it, I'm just like, wow, that was, that was pretty terrible. Um, just constantly running, constantly stressed, never enough time. Um, and there was a lot I missed, um, with my kids. And now, I am working from home still most of the time, all the time right now. Um, And I'm still able to be as or more effective in my work. My role has actually gotten larger over this time. So my my role actually has recently expanded a bit. And yet I still feel like I'm able to do more work and be a better parent at the same time. Um, I, you know, the mornings are not crazy, hectic, mad, stressful rush to get out the door. I have added time on the front and the back end that really adds up um, over the course of a week. And, you know, I'm home when my sixth grader gets home from school at two o'clock in the afternoon. And if she's had a tough day or needs some help with some homework or something, I'm here. Whereas, you know, in the past, it would have been four hours before, you know, mom shows up. And by then we're rushing through dinner. So, it, it just is, is pretty huge um, for me personally. And I, and I know for many of the, the folks that I work with, um, just the choice of it, not to say that it would be every day, all day, you know, working remotely, but, but having that option and the flexibility and the ability to intertwine work and life in a way works really well for me. Incredible. Uh, I appreciate your vulnerability and your transparency uh, with that particular question. And all of these, you're clearly, uh, uh, as I mentioned, a with it uh, leader. This has been an incredible conversation. Lots of great insights. It's great to get to know you and the real uh, you, not just on uh, social media and LinkedIn. If people were uh, interested to learn more about you, where would be the best spot, LinkedIn or otherwise? LinkedIn. Yeah. Perfect. It's uh, everyone. It's Megan Witherspoon. Uh, She's VP of Communications at Altria. Wonderful to have you here in conversation today, Megan. Uh, Best of luck. Looking forward to, I don't know, giving you a hug or shaking your hand at some point face-to-face in the future. Sounds great. Thank you. All right, Megan. Thanks again. Thanks.